For three, no! Loose ball in the corner. Three seconds to go. Fun fact to open today's show, the High Motor Podcast, Andrew Dowdy and Chase Kitty here. And this is actually Chase's fun fact, but I'm going to steal it and take credit for it. Until 2015, Liberty students could be fined $50 for watching an R-rated movie. And Chase, you, when you first said this, I think it was on Twitter, you were replying to something that I tagged you in about Liberty. And I honestly thought you were kidding. And then you produced the receipts. And yes, Liberty did indeed fine students not like in 1972 for watching an r-rated movie during the revolution i mean this was what five years ago they're fining students 50 dollars for yeah. watching an r-rated movie or playing an m-rated video game <laughs> so like if you like uh if you like zombies in call of duty better take it out of lynchburg because now i went and looked back at i, I did a little digging here i'm not going to talk about too much because i did excessive digging but i I wondered first of all when did like the film ratings association it's called like the motion pictures rating something association when did this come out and like r-rated movies aren't they didn't just like pop up in the last 20 years i mean r-rated movies first came out in 1968 i think it was the 16 year old with kind of that limit and then four years later in 72 it became 17 years old so it's not like some new radical R-rated thing that happened in the last 15, 20, even 30 years. Like, this has been around for, what what did I just say, 52 years. And up until four and a half, five years ago, Liberty, and I get that it's Liberty, and we're going to get a little bit more into that in a second, but they were finding students 50. I mean, what does $50 do? What R-rated movies do you think are worth watching for $50? Yeah, like, I have so many questions about this. Number one... If you want to watch an R-rated movie and you're at Liberty in 2015, do you just look at it like, okay, if I want to see this movie, it's going to cost me $50? Is that just the cost of admission? What R-rated movies, looking back, I guess it's more of a question than movies that you haven't seen. So like, what R-rated movies that have come out in the last year would you, Chase Kitty, say, you know what, this is worth 50 bucks? I don't know about movies. Uh, I definitely would pay $50 to play Red Dead 2. But is sure. it each time you play it, you could get busted? A Ooh, movie is a just you pop it in for two and a half hours, and I mean you're paying what twenty five bucks an hour. Whereas if you're playing, what do you say, Red Dead? I mean, what if you play that, you get caught? How many? I mean, how many times? I'm not a video game guy. How many times did you have to play? I know you talk like Mass Effect or Red Dead to where you would like actually be satisfied with playing it. It's it's several dozen times, right? Oh yeah, I mean that's that's like a. That's like a hundred hour game, so that's gonna take you a while. So you could rack up four or five thousand dollars in Liberty fines for playing Red Dead a thousand times. I think the other interesting question about it is what college kid has fifty dollars to like pay a fine? That's like five hundred dollars for a real adult. (laughs) Anyways. You have a fun little game for us to play from what I understand. So what are we going to do here going off of this? Yes, in the spirit of this, our two Liberty listeners are really going to be upset about this. If I can even get through this pod, I kind of got over the absurdity of it. (laughs) I think it was like Sunday night when you said it. And at first, 
I might have even told my wife about it because it was one of those things that just sticks with you. And you're like, nah, there's no way that's true. And then you tweeted back, I think a half hour later. Yeah, that's true. And I got over it over the last like 36 hours. But now we're sitting here Tuesday night talking about it again. And it's all coming rushing back to me and I can't get over it. Yeah. And and I'm about to make it worse because what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you two statements, one of which is a real Liberty University rule and one of which I made up. So you have to tell me which is the real rule. Now, is this a rule? So is this like an R-rated thing where that went away five years ago? I mean, that did you is like... no longer a rule. These right, right. But but the ones that you're going to give me are the ones rules. that are current, Still current active. rules at Liberty. In Correct. 2020, a higher education institution has these rules. Expanding the, the minds of the youth, Liberty University. What do you got for us? Number one, students must be in their room... By 10 p.m. curfew on Wednesdays or face disciplinary action or absences from church services on Sunday are reflected as absences from all classes on Monday. That's a tough one because I I was leaning toward not accepting the first one as you were saying it, but then you said disciplinary action. I feel like leaving it that ambiguous feels like a college rule but i'm stuck on the wednesday piece of it what is what is when i'm i i grew up catholic but I'm, i no longer do the religious thing anymore is there some significance of wednesday uh I, not in the catholic faith i also uh was raised catholic and i don't know if we've ever talked about this before i also was raised catholic and no longer do the what did you say no longer do the religion thing i yeah, would describe myself not that way really as well. That's just not really around anymore for us. But anyways, uh, you know, read your statements again. Let me let me, sure. let me reset here. Students must be in their room by 10 p.m. on Wednesdays or face disciplinary action or absences from church services on Sunday are reflected as absences from all classes on Monday. I think one has to be liberty because I don't – even a, a private religious institution, how could they – how could they enforce something like that? I mean, do, do do all students, I guess, tell me which one is right. And then do all students have to go to church at Liberty? Uh, so the first one is correct. Yeah. Most days at Liberty, you do have a curfew, but it's not until midnight. So Wednesday, on Tuesday, you can stay until midnight and then Wednesday, it's 10 p.m. And then Thursday, it goes back to midnight. That's correct. Where did they come up with this shit? <laughs> I think for some like Protestant denominations, Wednesday is like a second church day. Is Liberty I, Protestant or is it is it Catholic? What is oh, it? it's definitely Protestant. It that's like the whole like I, I don't know if they have an official affiliation, but I've always thought of Liberty as like like sort of like the Deep South Baptist thing because it's the Falwells, so that's right. kind of their shtick. Is but like where the, where do you get? I guess I'm still hung up on Wednesday, but maybe it is part of religious. Thing I think that, they have like religious studies Wednesday nights. Yeah, it just says so I'm looking at their beautiful Wikipedia page here. Private Evangelical Christian University uh, doesn't. I honestly forgot how the whole denomination Christian thing works. If Protestants under, well, we're really getting into some rabbit holes here. Um, <laughs> so maybe, maybe yeah, I'm just having a hard time grasping the whole Wednesday thing. I guess I'm going back and comparing it to the R-rated movie thing. And even though that is so asinine beyond any human comprehension that there should be a rule like that, at least I understand with a rated R movie, you're going to see sex and violence and drugs and all that. I get it. Maybe all at the same time. Exactly. Maybe Michael Sarah is going to be in the closet doing blow and, you know, having a little bit of fun. 
That movie really ruined Michael Sarah for me. Because now I want Michael Sarah to do that all the time. How did you feel about Michael? Because Michael Sarah. I know exactly what all... you're going to ask me. He was. Because all... <laughs> we've talked about this movie before. I don't think you know what I'm going to ask you. Okay. By the way, before we go too far down the Michael Sarah thing, I do have another one. But go ahead. Hold on, hold on. Let me ask you this first. Yeah. So, yeah, Michael Sarah, and you kind of alluded to this. Um, I think last week we were talking about uh, this is the end and that, that whole movie cheating thing. And. Michael Sarah to to our generation was always the Juno guy, the super bad guy, that type of person, right? He was yeah. always that type of actor. And then, and I'm not a huge Michael Sarah super fan, so I don't really know what he did like in between this time. But then comes Molly's Game. Which that, I knew I you were going to ask me about Molly's Game. Yeah, right. So which you and I have seen a collective probably 700 times. And then that comes up and. It was such a unique role because I think the real character he was playing was Toby, Toby McGuire, McGuire, if I remember correct. correct. And he, so he's like playing this fake movie star who gambles and ruins other people's lives. And he's a complete asshole. And then I don't know what he did in between Molly's Game and This is the End where he I think he was just Michael Sarah. But th- this 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 career character arc for Michael Sarah it goes from super bad and Juno. To Molly's Game ruining people's lives. And for those that haven't seen Molly's Game, he is, it's a special kind of dirtbag asshole that he's playing. Like, he has a quote in the movie, and it is not said, like, funnily at all. He's being dead serious. And he says, like, you know, I don't like playing poker. He's a poker player. I don't like playing poker. I like destroying lives. (laughs) Right. And he just, like, says it while he has, like, a half a piece of gum kind of in his mouth that he's slowly chewing on, like, moving chips. It really is an incredible like it's a piece remarkable of acting. role. Yeah. And then he goes from that career arc to this is the end where he's sitting in the corner just being a dick to everybody doing blow and then the next shot is him in the bathroom uh in a very precarious situation. I'm not going to press the explicit button again after we had a great um lecture on um you know salads and whatnot a few <laughs> weeks ago. Anyways, what's your second one here for us on Liberty? Uh, I think I think this is the better one too. All right, so now now that you're warmed up here Students may not be alone with a member of the opposite sex in any private or publicly unlit area. I have examples. And Liberty is like co-ed, right? Like ball fields or parked cars. <laughs> so that's number one. So either you added that and made it up or that's actually written in their student handbook. That is a correct assessment. Either I added that or it is verbatim in the student handbook. I don't think you heard me. Um, Liberty is co-ed, right? Yes. Okay. Number two, hugs between members of the opposite sex cannot last longer than three seconds. Reminds you of like those sixth grade dances where you'd, you'd go across town to the other Catholic school because our school didn't have them and you'd be dancing with a girl and a woman will come by and, like, put her hands in between and say, leave, leave room, room for, for Jesus. Jesus. Right. It's like that. Um, anyway, I enjoyed that so much. I didn't really think about it. So I'm going to have you read those back to me again. Sure. Students may not. Hey, you remember? This is a basketball podcast, right? <laughs> anyway. You know, I think I actually, so we're using a, a new um, podcast advertising service called uh, Podcorn. It's actually really cool. It's not even a plug. If you have a podcast, check out Podcorn. It's awesome. And I had to like add in and edit the pod description. And I think I wrote something like college football, college basketball with um, industry guests or whatever. And then the last line of it was, we won't waste your time. Well, that's already, uh, that's already, may false. have to edit that one. <laughs> yeah. 
And I told uh, you last week why I called it high motor is that I hate just stupid sidebar conversations. But this is so good. It really might be checking my all the boxes. We've ever done. Yeah. I don't even know where, what you were saying before. Students may not be alone with a member of the opposite sex in any private or publicly unlit area, like ball fields or parked cars. Or <laughs> hugs between members of the opposite sex cannot last longer than three seconds. What if it's an ass out hug? Do you get like an extra, you know, second or two? I, you'd have to take that up with the administration. I feel like two is wrong because how do you enforce that? But I also, the examples in, in one make me think you added that. Um, I'm going to say two you made up. All right, you ready for this? I think this is a predictable twist. They're both rules. <laughs> Both they correct. use ball fields as an example. It specifically says, like, ball fields, parking lots, or parked cars. God bless you, Liberty University. All right, yeah, and, and just just oh, so we're all on the same page here, uh, the, the hug rule, they slightly generalized the language, I think, like, last year. And took out the seconds requirement, so that's now like implied. But everybody knows, like there's there's some Facebook group of Liberty students, and I guess this is their code for like being badasses. And they're like some the the name of the group is sometimes we hug for four seconds. <laughs> yeah, that is a lie. Yeah, that Facebook group does not exist. I I sometimes feel bad, and for that for Facebook pe- group actually exists. You're not lying right now. That that's a real thing. Yeah. I the I, gonna, I feel bad for Liberty students. For those that don't know, I live in Virginia, so like this is a you are very well versed in this. Thing. This is a common conversation topic for you know people of a certain age in this state. And like I, I was I was reading a Washington Post article when I was doing some of the research for this bit, and one of the students that was quoted in the article was like, you know, we're just easy targets and like we're easy punchlines. And like I do feel for you. I understand that must be really hard. But here's the thing. Your university makes it really easy, <laughs> like really easy. And to be here, we're going to put in like a little caveat here to be very clear in, in no way are, are you and I mocking religion. Neither you no, or I, no, 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 we, no, no, we no. don't, we don't subscribe to, to the religious things that we, you know, that a lot of the country does, but I could not give a shit less what religion you are or any of that stuff. We are mocking this because that's not in the Bible. It doesn't say ball fields in the Bible. That's why I I'd probably am still go to church. That's why I have a very good time with this because it is so far beyond human comprehension that they need to have a rule like this at a higher education school. With I mean, what do they have? Wikipedia says they have 50,000 50, undergraduates. What? Yeah, they have like a hundred thousand uh, online students. Yeah, ninety-five thousand online. That, that's yeah, you know, why bo- it, it books blows don't my usually mind. receive ratings, but if they did, you know which book would be pretty R-rated? That Old Testament's got some stuff in it, man. What is there? I'm going to ask this very delicately because I know that some of these liberty type might might not appreciate this, but your your comment about may not be in a a what was it a darkly unlit place or something uh and un can't be in an unlit area with a member of the opposite sex yeah how and this is way deeper than we've we've gone so could two 
like homosexual men or, or women be I mean I, I assume that they frown upon that generally so why is that not a rule I I'm don't. not even expecting you to answer this question but yeah I I that that that's kind of the I mean I know that I we know. started this basically mocking them but I'm actually I'm curious what their what their stance is on that I I think and I'm guessing um it's just known and implied that yeah they don't have to write that in yes that would be my guess yeah all right so but you know liberty basketball 27 and 4 right now looking pretty good for the atlantic sun title yeah the atlantic sun they call that a segue kids it's not great your annual reminder that andy enfield went from the atlantic sun one of the bottom i don't know five or six conferences in america to usc Talk about capitalized. I don't think that's talked about enough. I remember there was an article, I think it was on ESPN, like two or three years ago, with, it was like the college sports agent. I can't remember what his name is, but he represents so many guys, and Andy Enfield was one of them, and he said in that article, and, and Enfield left, I mean, I don't know, was it seven years ago now, how after that run happened with the Florida Gulf Coast, he was hoping to get Enfield a job like, and maybe like Wright State was the example Basically, like, not a horrible job, but not anywhere near a job. And then suddenly USC comes calling. It's kind of like Carl Durrell just chilling in Miami, and then Colorado calls him with the job. And then so Andy Enfield goes from Florida Gulf Coast to USC. I want to say something nice about Liberty since we just spent, like, 20 minutes kind of making fun of them. Uh, I think Liberty has the best chance of any Virginia school to win a game in the NCAA tournament. How about that? I, I don't—I mean, you're a, you're a math and a betting man. How do you— how do you rectify saying they have a better chance than Virginia? I think Virginia's going to lose in the first round. Okay. I mean, I, I think obviously a lot of it's matchup dependence, especially when you talk about their style and how they play. But I just, I don't know. It's one of those guys. So you're, just, you're basically picking the, what is Liberty right now? Like a 12 or a 13, maybe an 11 if, if things fall Yeah, perfect. they're in that 12 range. So yeah. you're saying a 12-5 and then Virginia's like in that. Like 8, 9, 7, 10. Yeah. 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 It's not outrageous. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Old Dominion will slip in there. It could happen. Never know. Anyways, we're not going to play you wrong today because you said you had a different type of game. I do. And, and it's not going to be as good as this Liberty game was, but what do you what do you got for us? Uh, yeah, my, the, the Liberty bit might be just the... Is that the peak of this podcast? Yeah, and everything's just going to go downhill from here. So those of you that have subscribed to this podcast, just hit the unsubscribe button. You don't even need to come back next week. Right. This is This is it. Uh, but That's for those advertisers, but for those that are still hanging around, uh, so we're recording this Tuesday night. We record on a lot of Tuesdays, uh, and it is of course Super Tuesday. Uh, Andrew, I don't know how locked into politics you are, but it's a big primary day. Keep there my are, finger on it. There are a ton of primaries today. Uh, I'll, I'll list all of the states that have primaries today, March third, Super Tuesday: Alabama, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine. Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Virginia. Now, apologies to American Samoa for leaving you out, but I don't know how big your basketball profile is. All of those states, if you had to draft one, and when you draft a state, you are getting all of the universities in that state, okay? If you had to draft a state to win the national championship this year, which Super Tuesday state are you drafting? So I pull them up again. 
because I don't I don't remember all of them, and I I, don't, I usually don't listen to you, but I, I wasn't listening to you there. <laughs> um, Alabama, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Texas, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Utah, Vermont, and Virginia. So to win, what was the question? Win the national championship. Which state would you draft this year? Yeah, and I think this year, and I think this question's interesting for a couple reasons. One of which is none of these are great basketball states, right? I mean, I guess North Carolina, but other than that, not a bunch of like marquee basketball states in there. So I'm forcing you to draft out of like a lot of B states. First thought, it has to be North Carolina because, uh, well, for example, Minnesota doesn't have anybody. Maine doesn't have anybody. Um, I think the Sooners are extremely underrated this year, but Oklahoma's not winning at all. BYU in Utah is a really interesting one for me. Um, this year. Well, you said this year. This year. So not North Carolina. Um, yeah, I mean, I would still take North Carolina with Duke. Who would you take? I'm kind of thinking about California. And if it was a... If if I was smarter and put more time into this, if I, if I had put less time into the Liberty bit... Uh, I, so you're I might, just, are you just going San Diego State, or do you who who else would be? I think on San the, Diego State's the best option there, but I think I think you have who a else? St. Mary's. I who think part of the value of that is you're getting a lot of options, right? Like you you're getting a lot of teams. Who are you getting? You're getting you're getting San Diego State. You're getting St. Mary's. You're getting uh, Colorado, USC. Assuming that Colorado makes it, USC, Stanford. You're getting Stanford, a lot of crap. I think is going to get in there. Yeah, you're getting a lot of teams. A lot of crap. If you want to say who's going to have teams. the most, who doesn't have the most total NCAA tournament wins, and that would be a much longer discussion. But who's going to win the national championship this season? I think you're basically saying, is it going to be San Diego State or Duke? That that seems to be the question. Yeah, I guess in a meta way. How do you feel about Utah? Because you're probably getting oh shit Baylor. I didn't think of that. Yeah, you get Texas. Oh, give me Texas. Texas. Is another one. Uh, yeah, yeah, God, that's a hard question. I'm, thank you. I know, right? It's, it's because got it's not one of those that you think about. Where I mean, a lot of these schools, especially with basketball, you don't think about where they're always located and what state. It's not like football, right. where you're spending a lot of time on just 65 P5 teams and you know the state easily. Um, with Texas, yeah, give me Texas, you get Texas Tech. You get. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to care too much about North Texas. But you get Texas Tech, you get Baylor. Uh, Stephen I think F. Texas Austin? is the answer there. You think Texas is the answer? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see the case. I think it's between Texas, and North Carolina, um, Massachusetts. Unless I'm just missing somebody. Nobody. Bro, bro uh, BU. Come on. Mary Mack, head coach on the on the show this weekend. They can't be in the NCAA tournament for five years, but they just won their conference. So I'm, I'm curious what he has to say on that. So come back. Actually, for those of you that did hit the unsubscribe button, Resubscribe. go back and hit the subscribe button free of charge. Come back for the Merrimack head coach. Uh, he'll be on. We'll probably do that one on Sunday. I uh, would love to have you back for that one. I think Texas is the answer here. If I was smarter, I would have put like a point system into play here to make it mm-hmm. a little more interesting. So you get some utility out of out of the North Texas. Well, that's why I the think Stanford's. the bigger one is how many wins. Yeah. Because then you're saying, well, yeah, I mean, I like California, but I don't see Stanford winning a game. I don't see USC winning a game. Colorado, depending on what they do, I don't see them winning a game. St. Mary's might not win. So you're kind of putting all your eggs in San Diego State winning four games. If you, if you roll th- with Utah, Utah State and BYU, like you're only getting the two teams, but 
I mean, I think they could both win some games. And this is something that you and I just talked about uh, before we hopped on here. Every year when I start filling out my bracket, and I'll just I'll just do a ton for fun, maybe a couple for money, but just a shit ton for fun, and there seems to be one team that just sticks. Like, not even for any reason. It's just I start filling it out, and I, I'm – like, last year I think I had Houston. I was all over Houston for whatever reason – and, yeah, I liked watching Armani Brooks and Corey Davis and all that during the season. I actually watched Houston quite a bit. But I wasn't even necessarily picking Houston for a reason. It just felt fine. Obviously, that, that didn't work out. I think they lost in the Sweet 16, I want to say. I think Yeah, I think they were a Sweet 16 team last year. To me, BYU feels like that team this year. I've, I watched them even less. I think, I mean, I watched the Gonz- most of the Gonzaga game and then, like, several halves of other games, maybe like two and a half or three total games of BYU. But now we're sitting here, what, 12, 11, 12 days before Selection Sunday, and it feels like when I start printing out those brackets, depending on matchups and all that stuff, BYU kind of feels like that that six seed, maybe if things go well, they'll get a five, maybe drop down to a seven. But no matter where they are between five and seven, I mean, first of all, I just like the path of that a lot. I love picking the seven over the twos. I love picking the tens over the twos. I love that matchup there. But BYU kind of feels like that team that I'm just going to start picking this year. Do you have a team like that already identified? Or are you more when the the bracket comes out, you just, everyone does it, right? I mean, you were saying that you do it too. What team do you feel like you're going to be on this year for not really any reason at all? I don't know if I have uh, a solid one yet. Uh, I'd have fallen in love a, a little bit too much the last couple years with Hofstra. Like in March, but before the tournament Hofstra. comes out, and then they lose in like in the CAA semifinals, and I'm like, well, there goes the team I wanted to pick. They're not even going to be in the bracket. Joe Mihalich, probably the nicest head coach in college basketball. Not kidding. Good dude. Great guy. Good, Good dude. dude. Um, Hofstra. Jesus Christ. I feel like maybe Charleston too. East Tennessee they, State maybe. Yeah, Steve uh, Forbes like yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, Stephen F. Austin a couple years ago had a nice little run. So you're going deep. You're not. I'm more talking of the the three, four, five, six seed that all of a sudden you're found these brackets and you're like, holy shit! I got Houston in the Final Four in seven different brackets. I used to I do have, that a lot more than I do now because I I think I did like an analysis of brackets like three years ago and and started seeing you're better off picking a really low seed to win one or two games than you are to pick like a middle seed to go to the final four. Sure. And this is more, I think I might've submitted one or two with Houston in the final four last year, just because that region was so interesting. But yeah, this is more of, I mean, you don't do that. You don't, you don't print off like 40 brackets and just go to town on I Sunday used night. to, I absolutely used to, I, I, you would have like the, you'd have like sets of 10. This is what I would used to do. I'd have like 30 brackets and the first 10 would be like, I would have these big thematic overarching ideas like, okay, this is going to be my chalky bracket. This is going to be my absolute, this bracket is drunk as hell bracket. You know, this is going to be my uh, 12 over five bracket, you know? And, and, And then you would, I would break it down even further to like, okay, I think three seed Villanova can win the national championship. What would that path look like? Like, what what were all the things that would need to happen for that? But then that you don't find happening? yourself being like, wow, Villanova, yeah, here, like, look, look at them again. I like them in this bracket. Then you're filling out more and more and more, and you almost start convincing yourself. And I can't remember if you and I talked about this or if I had somebody else on. We were saying how much I, I go against my gut usually. So once I get into that mode of putting Houston in the Final Four or Villanova in the Final Four as like a two or a three seed, eventually I'm like, well, Clearly I'm wrong because no one's ever right about this shit. We need to go against our gut at some point. Yeah. Yeah. 
I Anything else I, for us? I, I feel like I don't do that that much anymore. I feel like I've I've really locked it down to only a couple brackets the last couple years. Got anything else or want to wrap this? Uh, just the good people of Lynchburg are, are kind and decent folk. I wonder if, and, and we're building this pod so our audience is still small-ish, but I wonder if if this show was bigger, do you think we'd get some heat for that segment? Where's the lie, though? I'm not saying there's a lie. No, I'm just saying, like, how? what do you get, like, tell me what you're mad at. Like, why are you mad at me? What did I do? I said facts. Okay. Let's say well, that. Let's agree to disagree. <laughs> you and I both love Ryan Rosillo. Let's say Rosillo had that same segment. Let's say back when he was high profile on ESPN, on TV, and all that. Let's say that him and Danny Canal or him and Adnan Verk or even SVP did the same exact segment. What would the blowback look like? I think it actually. This is so inside baseball, and I don't even know who would care about this besides you and me. But I think that the segment would look way different depending on who his partner was. So like if it's Danny, Danny is like 30 seconds in with his hands in the air. Like, I don't want any part of this. These are my people. Like, I, it's like, this is all you. And then Adnan is just like laughing the whole time. And he's like trying to say something and he gets two words in and he just starts laughing again and like spins away from the mic. And then SVP is just firing darts. Like he's just like off the top rope with one liners. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I think that's a good point. I think it depends on on the the type of podcast, the the network, the people that are doing it. I don't think our audience is big enough, and I don't think our audience will give a shit about this. But it's an interesting question. This was fun though. Go Good Flames. clean family fun. Please come back. So if you did hit that unsubscribe button, we'd love to have you back. So click subscribe again. Get that instant download. We would love to have you back. We love to have suggestions for content. What do you want to hear? Uh, what games do you want us to play? What do you want us to talk about? Especially with Selection Sunday. Coming up, we want to uh, do something different than just be the idiots that get on and do our live picks from the bracket on air, because that's just stupid. Anyways, High Motor Podcast on Twitter, at High Motor Pod. What can the High Motor Podcast do for you? That's Chase Katie. I'm Andrew Dowdy. Thanks for listening to the High Motor Podcast. Go Flames. Country roads, take me home.